Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason here, joined along with Dylan Mel and John Pauline. Guys, we are a week away from the trade deadline, so let's get right into it. One of the first dominoes to fall, the Braves bolstered their bullpen. They traded for relievers Pierce Johnson from Colorado and Taylor Hearn from the Rangers. Now, Hearn was DFA'd about a week ago, so he only really cost cash considerations from the Braves. But Pierce Johnson, he got the Braves 10th and 26th overall prospects. So dominoes are falling. I wonder if we're going to start to see a run on relievers at this point because a lot of teams really need them. Yeah, I mean, Corey, this is just like the Braves be ahead of the curve, getting some relievers early on, leading the pack, just pretty simple for Atlanta. Now, we also this weekend had the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremonies. Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland officially inducted. Two guys that I was really happy to see get in. I'm very big into the Hall of Fame. I love watching the tracker and everything during the winter. One of my favorite times of year. So here's a couple new guys for the class of 2024. Let me get you guys' thoughts on it. Let's start off with Adrian Beltre. Yeah, I mean, Beltre is just one of, you know, the best hitters that we got to see growing up uh, personally. Um, you know, he was a uh, thorn in our side as Yankees fans from time to time, but Beltre is definitely a solid Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think he's the only newcomer that's a clear cut, like should definitely get in the Hall. I think he's got a strong shot to be a first ballot guy too, which is always cool to see. But let's let me run through quickly the next four guys I want to mention. You got Joe Maurer. David Wright, Bartolo Colon, and Chase Utley. Now, I personally don't think any of those guys, well, I don't think Maurer, Wright, or Utley are Hall of Fame worthy, but I do think Big Sexy deserves to get his day in Cooperstown. Longevity, he was dominant. You know, Cy Young finishes top tier in the league during his biggest stretch in the uh, early to mid-2000s into the Honestly, into the run with the Mets, into the World Series in 2015, he had a good stretch. Now, he is somebody marred by, you know, steroid use, but I think we can overlook it because he served his time. And really overall, he he just seems like somebody who may be a compiler, but more than deserving. Yeah, we got to get Bartolo in for the culture. But on a real note, I... uh I'd be shocked if they let him in with the steroid allegations. You still got so many other greats waiting to get in that have that same issue. Um, you know, probably not a first ballot, maybe down the line. Uh, I think it's funny. Ben's out sick and you're saying David Wright's not a Hall of Famer. I wonder how he's going to be reacting when he gives this a listen. I'm also wondering how John reacted when he heard uh, you say Chase Utley, not a Hall of Famer. I think they'll both agree with me because I'm right. I, I kind of agree with you, Corey, on it a little bit, but I mean, do you think they eventually maybe change, like, you know, guys who don't have really long careers and stuff and they kind of, you know, because a lot of guys are having shorter baseball careers now and stuff and they're not putting up, I guess, the stats as guys in the past have. Do you, so do you think like, you know, maybe, you know, none of these guys maybe not first bout offerings, but do you think like down the road, like they start looking at, you know, what they did in like a short period of time and kind of, not lower the requirement, but, you know, take into account of, like, the kind of careers that they're having now. If any of that's going to start, it starts with Thurman Munson and Don Mattingly. 
if those two guys can't get in, then you can't really look at anybody's career in a nutshell and kind of appreciate the shortness of it because those are two guys who they had their prime cut down by death and then injury. So you can't have, you know, those guys sit out while other guys make it for the same reasons that they were kept out. So I, I don't think the voters will look at that. Eventually, I think the, you know, the veterans committee might consider that a little bit more, but for your initial 10 years on the ballot, I don't think that that'll be considered slightly. But now let's go on to, you know, some more modern baseball talk with the Baltimore Orioles, who now lead the AL East. They took three out of four from Tampa over the weekend, and now they're sitting two games up, and things might uh, get interesting now with the AL East. Baltimore running away with it. How do they keep this lead? Is Tampa done? Tampa's had a worse record than the Yankees since the All-Star break. What's Tampa going to do to get back on top? Yeah, so I want to start with Baltimore. You know, their team last year that was a darling team that everybody, even I think AL East fans, just kind of rallied behind. And you love to see a homegrown team like that who's been struggling for years kind of turning around. And I'm not sure if anybody expected them to be fully World Series contenders this season. I know in the pre-show, I don't think a lot of us were calling for it, but it is really nice to see them. Like they're a team that you feel like has truly earned it. And you know, they're getting hot at the right time here, and they're certainly going to be buyers at the deadline, which we'll get into a little bit later. And as for Tampa, you know, I think this is part of the problem of not having star power. You don't have a consistent bat or two of a real star level player to hold you over through these slow stretches, you know. With Aaron Judge, we know what he does for the Yankees, carries that offense. You see other guys around the league, Shohei, um, Bryce Harper a couple years ago. Ronald Acuna for the Braves. It's a guy that you can consistently count on. And while Wander Franco and Yanni Diaz were all-star caliber in the first half, uh, you wouldn't really put them in the tier with those guys and it's starting to show a little bit for Tampa. Now let's kind of get into talking a little bit about what each team kind of either we think needs to do or what they need. Again, the deadline's a week away. It's Tuesday, August 1st, 4 p.m. That's the trade deadline. So we're really like, down to the wire we're going to start to see guys go and move so let's start it off in the nl west we're going to go with the rockies i think that the rockies they just need to to get rid of anybody that has really any type of value they got brad hand brent stutter cj crone randall gritchick and jerks and profar they just need to build up that farm system i don't know like if there's anybody specific that they can look to target and get in return for those guys But those are some names I think that they should really look to move on from. Now, the Padres, I don't really know what they need to do. They should sell their rentals. You know, you got Josh Hader, Blake Snell, guys that they can get a pretty decent prospect for. But they shouldn't try to move Soto or anybody that's controllable. Dylan and John, I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about what the Padres should do because they're a pretty interesting team because their window – even with all that money they spent is kind of closing slowly and they're low key, I think doing worse than the Mets with their expectations. So I'm not really sure what they should do, but they should definitely, if they're not in it, move at least those two guys that are rentals. Yeah, Corey, I couldn't really agree with you anymore in terms of what I would do if I was the Padres. It's, 
kind of a tale of two halves when you think about it because their record is below 500, but their plus 52 run differential is the second best in the NL West. And if I hadn't showed you records and just showed you run differential in the NL West, you'd have been like, oh, the Padres are about where I expected, Dodgers leading the division, and then Padres behind. So when they're winning, you know, they're showing the ability to put up runs and stop your team and losing close games, which really sucks. But, you know, like you said, do you think the turnaround's going to happen? I wouldn't bank on it. You can get some assets from moving guys like Snell and Hayter while still holding on to your core, which I think is still relevant for the next two to three years. Tatis is obviously still young. Bogarts has shown the ability to be a great hitter. Um, obviously a down year this year, but something he could certainly bring back. Same for Machado. So, and Juan Soto, another young star. You have him, you have Tatis. You could go for it any year, really. I think the Padres expected, I think everyone and the Padres expected for them to do, you know, better this year and be in a better place than they are right now. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to necessarily, you know, get rid of both Snell and Hayter, but I think it would do them good to get rid of at least one and kind of get, you know, some other pieces for down the road and help them build up, you know, down the road. Because they still have, you know, like you were saying, like Tatis and all these other guys there that they're invested in. So, I mean, I don't know if I, you know, get rid of both, but I feel, you know, get rid of both because you still have a chance to in the playoff and you might want to, you know, it'd be nice to have Hayter or Snell in the playoffs. But I mean, if you can get rid of one and get some stuff for it and still keep one and make them in the playoffs, then I would say do that. But I don't know if I'd get rid of both. Now, how about the Giants? Their starting pitching has been really the bane of their season right now. You got, you know, guys that just aren't really getting it done. So I think they should be buyers, and I think that they should really try to go after starting pitching. Yeah, guys like Giolito and Lance Lynn that could be out there. Blake Snell, who we just mentioned. Don't know if he goes inter interdivision, but that's somebody they should at least ask about. So I think that the Giants should move, trade and try to get some starting pitching. Yeah, Corey, I, I agree. I think the Giants, we talked about them last episode going after Shohei Otani. But, you know, aside from him, I think pitching is something this team could really use to, you know, push for the wild card. With that additional wild card spot now added, we're going to see a lot more teams buying than selling, I think, this year around. Maybe in years prior, the Giants would have been a 50-50 team. But I think with that additional wild card spot, they're going to be all in and be buyers. Now we'll move on to the Dodgers. And I think they're almost in the same boat. Most of their rotation are, is rookies, so they need some starting pitching. Plus, relieving never hurts, and I think that's where they should focus. They're not out of their division. They're not out of the playoffs. Bolster that rotation, bolster that pen, and see if you can make something work down the stretch. Now, the Diamondbacks are an interesting case because they started off so hot, but they've kind of faltered a little bit, and... I think to get back to where they need to go, it's not really an offensive thing. But, like, getting an Otani would be pretty incredible for them. But they need actual relievers and a closer. Their bullpen has been less than stellar. So I think adding some really solid, valuable guys back there will really, really help their chances and really make a better play for October than going into with what they have now. 
Yeah, Corey, I definitely agree with you here. You know, their starting rotation, especially Zach Allen, just kind of came back to reality a little bit. You know, he was under a one ERA for the first couple months of the season. Now he's at a three one eight, so still a really solid pitcher, but back to, you know, reality where you need a good bullpen. If you're going to be a top tier team, they need one. Those are the moves that they should make at the deadline to try and make a World Series level push. Uh, the the Diamondbacks definitely need like pitching specifically in the bullpen pitching, and I think if they're going to make those trades, which they certainly should, it shouldn't be for just rentals. Like they should actually go for some maybe some more long term help in the pitching pitching realm there in the bullpen, so they can kind of you know maybe like repeat the success you know next year and years to come. Now let's get into the NL Central, one of the most up for grabs divisions in the league. And we're going to start off with the Reds. And I think with Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo out for who knows how much longer, the Reds just need starting pitching. Ellie De La Cruz can only get you so much with the spark he brought. Get some pitching to really help lock down this division because once you get into October, who knows what can happen. But if you don't get there with your rotation, you might not have a chance to make any magic. Then after the Reds, we're going to go to the Pirates. And you know what? A guy that's really been brought up and somebody who might fit the Diamondbacks really well, especially how John talked about controllable arms. David Bednar has been floated around. The Pirates said they'll be listening at the very least. They kind of faltered after a hot start, but they should really keep their vets, in my opinion. They got a young team. What can they realistically get for like a Rich Hill or a Carlos Santana that'll outweigh the veteran presence they have in teaching some of the younger guys on the team because they're not going to get you any type of big name prospects or really anything strong like that. So why not just keep them and let them keep working with the younger guys? But Bedner is an interesting name, I think, to look out for. Yeah, I agree, Corey. And the name that I'd be calling about if I need just a little boost of hitting would be Andrew McCutcheon, you know, older, can't really play the field as much. Maybe he wants to retire as a pirate, but, you know, if Pittsburgh talks to him and says, hey, this World Series contender wants you, like, we don't want to hold you back, it's got to at least be worth a phone call. Now, after the Pirates, the Cubs, and my one big question for them is, what do you do with Bellinger? If you want to lock him up long term, is it worth it to trade him away and get prospects, go after him in the off season? keep him, work with him through the rest of the year to kind of get an extension done, or do you kind of just let him go? Do the Cubs see themselves as being contenders in the next couple of years? I don't know. That's questions they have to ask themselves, but I think the Cubs should look to move Bellinger because with the, the season he's having, he could get you a pretty decent prospect, definitely somebody top 10 in the organization, if not a little bit better, even though he's definitely a rental. Yeah, I agree. I would look to move Bellinger. You have Hap, you have Suzuki, and I believe that they have a kid right now in the farm system who projects to be a pretty good outfield prospect. Uh, I forget his name, but, you know, I don't see the Cubs being a World Series contender in Bellinger's timeline. If you can get a good prospect, which you should be able to for a guy batting 300, um, I'd pull the trigger on it. With 100%, somebody that the Yankees, if they are buyers, should be looking at too. But now the Cardinals, they are possibly up there with the Mets, the Yankees, and the Padres as this season's biggest disappointment. 
the one of the best teams in the National League over the last 20 years. They have some tough choices to make. Do they think they can catch the Reds for the division or the Brewers or anything? Do they think they can even make a run to the wild card? They got a guy, they got a guy like Jack Flaherty. How about uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Hicks, Ryan Helsley, O'Neill Cruz, Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, Wilson Contreras. These are all names now being floated as possible trade guys. Even a guy like Lars Newtbar, you know, the darling from the WBC. Guys that could all be on the move. And to be frank, that's probably the best route for the Cardinals because they they need a spark. So retool. You're not going to win with these guys. Just go and get something good. I'm not going to suggest trading Wainwright or anything because he's, you know, a legend for you. But he kind of wasted his final year. Trade these guys, build up that farm system, and honestly, just be happy you had the run you did. Start that rebuild off by trading a lot of guys with some good value. Yeah, I'm interested. Do you guys think that the Cardinals are a team that could really blow it up at the deadline, move off of Goldschmidt and Aronado, and completely revamp their farm system? Or do you think that's more of a wait until the offseason move for them? I think it's a wait until the offseason move. See how the rest of the season plays out. I think you hold on to Arenado and Goldschmidt unless you're blown away by an offer. And if the rest of the season and your plan for the future, when you kind of look at it, if that doesn't kind of line up and mesh together well, you can get probably a better deal from Arenado and Goldschmidt in the offseason, especially if you're willing to eat some money because you can get some pretty decent prospects. I think unless teams are like knocking on the Cardinals door, you know, figuratively like trying to get these guys and willing to give up, you know, just major prospects and stuff for them. I I think, you know, they might, you know, they might maybe get rid of one, but both, I'm not sure. Now, after the Cardinals, last team in the NL Central, we're going to go the Brew Crew, the Brewers. And I don't think they should be sellers. They told Corbin Burns are going to keep them, that they're not going to sell them. It's a weird thing to put out there if you're going to be a liar about it. So you honestly go get a first or third baseman, just get a bat, get somebody that'll put some pop in that lineup and just go for it. You're kind of in a weird spot because you're too good to sell, but you're really not good enough to compete deep down. So getting a bat might give you at least an edge to make it out of one round, maybe into the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. If I was Milwaukee, I'd be buying for a bat and just, you know, you likely you'll get in, um, And you just got to hope that you get hot at the right time. You know, it is baseball. They get hot for a stretch there. They can make a run. Now getting into the NL East, John, this is going to be all you this section. We're going to do some Philly talk. I personally think their biggest need is a righty power bat or really just a righty bat in general. They're pretty lefty heavy. What do you think about that? Anybody you specifically want? And honestly, just give us the state of the Phillies as it is right now. I mean, another righty bat wouldn't be, you know, the worst thing in the world. I'm not sure any specific names, you know, come to mind, though, like, you know, they like off the top of my head right now. But like, I'm not sure exactly what's going on in the Phillies because it seems like it's it's either the pitching or it's the hitting. It's like when one's going good, one's going bad. And it seems like lately after this all-star break, it seems like the Phillies just kind of just fell off a cliff. I mean, they were on a really good run before All-Star break. They dropped two against Miami. 
right before the right before the start of All Star break, and I was hoping you know you know All Star break was what they needed and to come back strong, but they're just not. It seems like they get try. It seems like you know trouble with the pitching specifically. You know after, you know like especially like they're like you know like three, four, five guys. Seems like after like Nola and Wheeler, the other guys aren't too reliable, and even like Nola and Wheeler aren't very reliable this season either. So I mean I am not sure what you do as the Phillies right now because I mean you, you see a lot of different fans and people saying they need they need bats. See, so have other ones saying they need all, like you know pitching, they need arms. So I mean, I, I'm not sure what they. I'm not sure what you go, what you go and get and stuff. I mean, I don't know if the Phillies really have the prospects and people to just kind of go and trade and get you know rentals and stuff. Because I mean, I don't know if their farm system is very strong right now. I mean, they have some guys there and stuff. But I don't know if they really have the guy. You know, I don't know if they really want to sell everything. They get a few guys here and there especially in the pitching department. So, I mean, I'm just not really sure what you do. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a couple times. If I'm Philly, I'm going after another pitcher. Um, It doesn't hurt to have starting pitching depth, and I really think that they could use a fifth guy. Um, They've been climbing up my power rankings personally. Um, They're inside the top 10 now. This is a team that's gotten better, in my opinion, just as the season has progressed. And this is a team that was in the World Series last year. It's a team whose lineup you don't want to face in the playoffs. They are scary and made for October baseball. So if you could bring in another bat, sure. But I'd focus on another power pitcher like Giolito personally. And, you know, let let them make a run again, potentially. I, I think the Phillies was screwed the Phillies up. I think the Phillies were really hoping Painter was going to come up this year. And now he's going to be out probably until I think it looks like 2025 now because he's going to be getting surgery now. So he's done for the season and stuff and probably done all like next year too. I mean, I'm thinking maybe you might see Mick Abel maybe make an appearance late in the season here if they bring him up and they need arms. If they're like in, you know, make the wild card and playoff tension, you might see him bring up there. But I think that really screwed them up. And I think they might be scrambling at the deadline to get pitching. Yeah, you can never have too much pitching. And that's really the moral of the story. We're going to talk about a, a lot, really, is pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what everybody needs it. No matter how good your rotation, your bullpen is, you can't have too much. Now, after the Phillies, the Nationals are also somebody who they're not going to buy, obviously, but they got to move guys like Heimer Candelario and honestly, Carl Edward Jr. as well. Plus, you saw the move Soto last year. They like getting big deals for controllable players. So a guy like Lane Thomas could be a pretty big player at the deadline that'll net them some good prospects. Now, after the Nats, you're going to go talk about the Marlins. Because the Marlins, it's go time. I don't know what they're waiting for. They've always played this coy, you know, we're contenders, psych, wait, no, we're not. But, you know, maybe in a year. They're never going for it. And I think this is a perfect time. It's a weak league right now. Just all around, I don't think anybody is blow you out of the water good. Even Especially in the NL, even the Braves, they're a beatable team at times. So honestly, if you're the Marlins, you have a decent farm. Just go for it for once. Give your fans something. Just go for it. Yeah, Corey, I'd be with you. Um, but I, I, I feel like this ownership and – Front office, you know, they're going to look at the team, 2-8 and eight over their last 10. 
a negative run differential, and they're going to stand pat again. You know, their team that was floated around is interested in Glaber Torres for years now. Maybe that's the move that they make, but it's not even really necessary anymore now that you have Arias. So I'm guessing that they just kind of stand pat yet again. Now let's do a little bit of Mets talk. I personally think the Mets stand pat. I don't think they make really any moves of note. Maybe they get rid of Vogelback. Maybe they get rid of Marte or Kana. But I think Scherzer and Verlander are here to stay. One, I don't know who really wants them because who's going to give up a good prospect just so the Mets will eat salary for Scherzer? At this point, Scherzer's shown he's on the back ends of washed. He can't pitch in big games now. He just hasn't been able to do that since I don't even think he was able to do that as a Dodger. Maybe when the Nats won the World Series was the last time he was successful in a big game. Verlander, I'm not too much worried about. I think he's still reeling a little bit from that early season injury. He's getting better. Consistency's been an issue. I think the Mets pretty much stand pat and try to run it back in the offseason with the same roster, more or less, plus or minus a Notani or two. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. However, I've seen reports that the Giants are calling about Justin Verlander, and I think that that's a very interesting potential move. If, you know, Steve Cohen's unhappy, wants to make a move, wants to get some young guys out there, you know, the Mets, for all their struggles, they do have a lot of starting pitching. If you'd like to kind of see what you have going into next season, let those guys get some more time, move off of Verlander if you think he doesn't happen anymore, or maybe even try and move off of Scherzer if you're like, you know, Verlander still does have something and we'd rather move Scherzer. Perhaps the Giants are willing to bite there or another team that's just kind of desperate for pitching. Um, It's a lot of money. Obviously, it's not a salary cap league, but, you know, there's luxury tax at play. And, you know, Steve Cohen's a smart guy. He doesn't want to spend a bunch of money just to lose. Now we got the Braves. They're going to be the final team in the NL we're going to talk about. And honestly, there's not many holes on that roster. So I think get pitching, starting pitching, bolster up the back end of the rotation. Maybe keep adding relievers. You got two earlier. Get a couple more. You don't really have to do too much. Just make sure your guys stay healthy. At the end of the day, that'll keep them from a championship is if their guys aren't healthy and they falter down the stretch. Now, getting into the American League, going back to the west side, we're going to go to the Rangers. The hottest offense in all of baseball, the largest run differential, and that's really all they have right now is the offense. They need pitching to really help save the offense if they struggle going down September, late August, when the summer gets long and the fall starts, offenses don't always stay hot. They kind of they kind of get cool with the temperature. And honestly, the Rangers need more pitching. DeGrom went down. They just don't really have any guys that can really shoulder a bunch of innings. They got Eovaldi, but past him, there's just nobody there that can really help them. So going after a guy like Lance Lynn, Giolito, a Verlander, somebody that can really help them. That's where I think they need to pivot. Yeah, Corey, I couldn't agree with you more. Eovaldi's been great for them with DeGrom out. And hell, I think Ray's even been a solid number two for where they're at. But they have to get another pitcher if they're going to be a World Series team. And it has to be the caliber to be you know, kind of like a co-ace alongside of Eovaldi. It doesn't necessarily have to be a true ace, but you need those two 
Eovaldi and whoever you trade for to be the top pitchers in your lineup going into the postseason. The offense is good enough that you don't need a superstar pitcher, but Gray's got to be a three, and Eovaldi and whoever they go get has got to be a one and two combination. Um, I think that they should you know, be in the mix for Justin Verlander. Pick up the phone, call up the Mets. Like you said, reeling from an injury, perhaps a change of scenery, back in a winning culture, back in Texas. We know he's comfortable pitching there in October. Maybe there's something there. Now let's get into the former America's team, the Mariners. I think it's as simple of you need a bat. Go and get a bat. And I think... We're going to move quickly through a couple of these because the A's, what are we going to talk about with the A's? Trade anybody with any type of value. You're getting out of Oakland. Why even tease the fans with making a move? Just trade anybody and get out of it. The uh, Astros, same thing. They need pitching. I don't think the Astros are as good as they were in years past. Jordan's injury definitely hurts them, but you need starting. Get a couple relievers. Maybe make a run with the Rangers still, you know, reeling with some injuries and the offense really being the only thing going. But outside that, the Astros will be fine. They don't really need much. The Angels, shit or get off the pot. Trade Otani, don't trade Otani, but don't play the coy. Oh, we're going to sell, but not Otani. Or we're going to buy and go for it. Just do something definitive. Either go balls to the wall and buy or sell, just do something and go full force. Yeah, I couldn't agree more for the Angels. If they just stand pat and are like, we're waiting out the Mike Trout injury, it's going to be so disappointing. And it's almost going to be just a death note on Otani staying with you guys. The question I want to just quickly ask you guys on the AL Central, because I don't think we necessarily need to touch on a lot of teams. Is there any team that you think should really be buying in this division? I don't think buying is the right word, but I think the Twins are the only team that should even consider trying to get better at this point because they have that division. I think I want to say on lock, but they're the best of a bad situation. So why not try to get out of the first round, get some of that good postseason money, get the fans excited? They're the only team I think that should be able to do anything. And now speaking of the AL Central, just to quickly run through them, because again, they're bad. There's not much to talk about. The White Sox, they need to move a Cease, a Lynn, a Giolito, even consider moving a Robert or an Eloy Jimenez. Just you have no farm system, move these guys and start from scratch. The Twins, you need a righty power bat. Just get something to bolster that offense. The Tigers, you got Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen that you can get something for. The Tigers are going to be good in a year or two. They're like the, a wave behind the Orioles and the Reds. Start looking for that. Try to get some guys that are a little closer. And then also you got the uh, the Royals. Carlos Hernandez, trade him and maybe Salvi. They're another team with nothing going for them. Trading Salvi uh, would at least net them something good. But why would you – do you really want to trade the face of your franchise, a catcher, especially at the deadline? You can wait till the offseason and try to get a lot of teams bidding on him and get the best return possible. And then also, lastly, you got the Guardians. Bieber's hurt. You can't really move him now. Maybe go for it and get a power bat. See if you can overtake the Twins. Stand pat. There's not much for the Guardians to do. Just a bad division overall. But then on the flip side, you got the AL East. Every team is still over 500 by a couple games now. You got the Red Sox. Go for it. Go for the wild card. 
Get some starting pitching and some bullpen help. Your offense is fine. Masataka Yoshida has been great. Get some starting pitching. Yeah, Corey, I think every team in the AL East is going to be buying. Baltimore is right there in a World Series run. Tampa wants to stop themselves from reeling. Toronto knows that the talent that they have is good enough. And then Boston and New York, they're right there for the wild card spots when you look at them record-wise. A question I want to float to you is now, you know, the Yankees coming off a sweep of the Royals. Obviously, we'll see how this week plays out. But let's say they go 3-2 and this week. You know, they're probably going to be looking to buy somewhat. Now with the Jose Trevino injury, are they buying at the catcher position, do you think? Or maybe using Rortvet, Wells, some of those young guys? You know, you mentioned Salvador Perez before. Is that a name that the Yankees call about? Well, let's hold off on the Yankees because I have some more questions that kind of plays into that. I was going to end with them because I think we have the most to discuss because that's a really good question. But you're right, the Rays, they're reeling. They need starting pitching help with McClanahan's injury. Right, you got Baltimore. They, they they need to go for controllable players, not really guys for this year, but guys for this year, next year, and maybe a year after. You have one of the best farm systems we've seen in a long time. Go and get something good. Plus the Blue Jays, I don't think that they're built to win. I just don't think they have any winners on their roster. Got a lot of crybabies, to be honest, guys that just don't have that winning mentality. So they should buy, but I don't think it'll do them any good. And then you were saying with the Yankees, sell, buy. I think they stand pat at catcher. I think Rortman will be good enough. I think he's going to go on a bit of a run, get Yankee fans excited. Herman, Glaber, Bader, guys that I think that they should at least consider moving because their value is still pretty high. I think the Yankees should still sell. I think sweeping the Royals is the Royals. So that shouldn't change the direction. Play for 2024. 2023 is cooked. Unless you're getting an Otani or a Soto, stay out of the buyer's market and try to get anything back to build up that farm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. I think it depends on price, and I think it depends on what they know internally about Aaron Judge. You know, it's nothing has been released to us, so we can't go off of anything. But if they expect him to come back by maybe early, middle August, then yeah, you know, See if you can buy a couple pieces here and there. Nothing crazy. Don't sell the farm, but if there's a piece or two, a Cody Bellinger, a bullpen arm that you can get, just something to keep you around in that wild card territory, then go for it. Again, maybe that Royal Series was the confidence boost this lineup needed. I think this is a huge week for them. Series with the Mets, series with Baltimore. See where you're at. Gauge where you're at against these teams. You know, if you go three and two or if you go four and one, then sure, kick the tires on buying. But if you go 0 and 5 against these teams, then yeah, it's time to play for next year. Now, let's kind of quickly go through our stud and our dud and also a weekly series highlight. Combine those two sections together because I think really everybody's just worried about the trade deadline. So let's get this information out there. My stud personally is Felix Bautista, the closer for the Orioles. Over the last week, he's 1-0 with three saves and five innings, giving up three hits, nine strikeouts, just an elite run from the newfound King Felix, I think is what Seattle's hating him being called. And I kind of like it. My dud, Tigers starting pitcher Mason Englert. He's on the 15-day IL now with a hip injury. But in two and a third's inning, he's lost the game, one walk, one strikeout, 
against San Diego, he gave up nine earned runs on 10 hits. Just an incredibly bad outing. Now, my series I really want to highlight, the Angels go to Toronto. This could be Otani's last series as an Angel. Plus, Toronto's trying to figure out where they stand in the playoff race, as are the Angels. But as Otani kind of sees his time with the Angels possibly running out, this could be the end for him. So that's going to be a must-see TV, must-see matchup for me. Yeah, Corey, for me, my stud, CJ Crone, four homers, five games, enough said. My dud, Alex Wood of the Giants. The Giants get swept by the Nationals. First time that the Nationals have swept a team since 2021. Alex Wood gave up, I believe, five and four innings. And the, my series matchup, Orioles, Yankees. And yeah, this is a biased pick, but where do the Yankees stand? What should they do at the deadline? This series will tell us. My stud this week is uh, Hugh Darvish. He's finally pitching good after the All-Star break. Last two starts, he has two wins, nine hits, one earned run, three walks, 16 strikeouts for 12 innings pitch. And my dud is Ellie De La Cruz. He's kind of in a slump now with, you know, he had three hits, one home run, one RBI, which he hit yesterday at the end, the kind of end of the week. Three walks, one stolen base, got caught stealing twice and is bad in 130. So just you kind of in a slump. Hopefully the home run pulled them out of it yesterday. And my weekly highlight this week is going to be Miami at Tampa Bay. You got two teams that were doing really good first half of the season. Kind of fell off now. Interesting to see if they can uh, come back and their former selves. Well, that'll do it here for the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Catch us, Outsidersports.net, Twitter, Outsidersports3, YouTube, TikTok. Just search up Outsidersports. That'll do it here. Corey, Jason, Dylan Mel, John Pauline. Catch you guys next time.